What's going on, everybody? This is Ballers on Tap. I'm your host, EK, sitting here with the co-host. KK, what it is, what it do, what it ain't. Whatever that means. So, got a good one for you here this week. Um, let's see, we got the Braves. KK is going to catch us up on what's been going on with them. Still into some NBA free agency. Uh, got a little bad news for the NFL couple bad bad news for the NFL <laughs> over the last few days, so gotta touch on that. And of course, this being Ballers on Tap, we're gonna review a beer. So let's just go ahead and jump straight into it. Uh KK, tell the people the name of this one today. Alright, today we got Voodoo Ranger Eight Hot Pale Ale by New Belgium. And for those of you who regularly drink, which if you're listening to Ballers on Tap, chances are you probably do. <laughs> Uh, New Belgium, they're they're famous for the fat tire beer. That's I mean, I always saw that and just knew yeah. fat tire. I never knew New Belgium. Like I never paid attention to that. So these are the same makers of fat tire. And uh, the cool thing about this New Belgium beer, it looks like it comes out of Fort Collins or Asheville, North Carolina, Fort Collins, Colorado. So they got a couple couple uh, breweries around. But what's really cool about this beer, again, it's summer. We're hot, so I want something that. You know, it might be a little more fruity than than what we typically drink. So this one is a pale ale, kind of like last week's. But this one has eight different kinds of hops, and it's supposed to be infused with a citrus and fruity flavors. So we'll, we'll we, see if we, I was about we to say, can taste that. We heard that <laughs> last week, and last week's was just a bitter, kind of a bitter mess. So let's see if this one actually has some of that fruit flavor pop out. Uh, and hopefully it, it won't be quite as bitter, but I'm kind of excited for the eight hops as well. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, bust this bad boy open. I like the bottle. The wrap, the wrapper is really cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell, tell them what it looks like. Well, like you got a skull with a, one of those aviator caps, like the fur on the inside, if yeah, that makes like, sense. Like the, like fighter pilot. Yeah. Caps. Fighter pilot cap. Then he's got a. A hat on top with some gold goggles, and he has a gold tooth. Yeah, he's got a ranger hat on yeah. top because he's the voodoo ranger. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the gold tooth is looking pretty fresh to me. So here we go. Okay, okay. All right, just smelling it, I can already tell it's way more hoppy than last week's. Yeah, it smells like an IPA. Yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. Which that could be from the eight hops. Yeah, so. I mean, I can just tell the the way last week's was just like a. Again, I don't want to keep talking about it, but <laughs> it was like a flat, just kind of bitter taste. But this one, I mean, just as soon as you open it, it just smells a whole lot more hoppy than last week. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, try it out. Yeah, go ahead and take a couple sips. I saw your face at first. <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I don't, I don't have any citrus flavor. So I taste, I it, taste some citrus. I taste, I do taste some lemon in there. It tastes like IPA to me. You don't, you don't taste any lemon in there. I, I don't taste like any the fruit. After, like right at the end. Right at the end. I, don't know, I think my mind's just trying to make me taste it. I don't. I don't taste anything. This this just really just tastes like IPA to me. Okay. Like if the our first beer, remember our first beer we tried the the IPA, the sweet water. This is what it tastes like. This IPA. Just yeah, regular sweet water yeah. pale ale. So I, I I do gotta disagree. I mean I do taste. It's not as f- fruity as it advertises. It says citrus and fruit, which I guess technically. They can be the same thing. Yeah. But I was expecting a little more like fruit flavor. But I I do taste some citrus. Like I do like right at the end, I taste some lemon in there. But it's like not like a line and kugel where it's like a lemony beer. Yeah. This is more I mean, yeah, it tastes like a straight pe- like pale ale. It is hoppy though. It's very hoppy. Yeah. But I mean it tastes tastes like IPA. But I do get some lemon 
there in the background. Not not one of my favorite. I feel like the last two weeks for me it has been a letdown as far as the beer of the week. Well, then maybe we uh need to stick away from from the IPAs for a week. The the citrus IPAs. So if you're uh you're ranking this, where where are you gonna give it? Considering last week, I think you gave it a uh, like a four. Four. Uh, I would say probably a five. Five. It does taste better than the beer last week. Yeah, it does. I I mean, to be fair, yeah, I'm probably not gonna buy this again. Yeah. But like, if I was at a party or something and somebody had these, yeah, I would I would go ahead and sip on them. The ones last week. If you want to know how much like I really wasn't wild about them. They're, they're still sitting in my fridge. Al <laughs> DD. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're still the ones from last week are still sitting in the fridge. If anybody wants a free beer, come by the house. But uh, this one, like, I, I would drink this. Like, I'll probably top these off over the weekend for sure, if if not tonight. So, Voodoo Ranger, you give it a five. Yeah, I'd probably give it like a five and a half. So, right so there. So, 5.25. Five, five, five and a quarter. Five and a quarter stars. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's our on tap portion. And let's just go ahead and jump straight into it. Let's talk about what's going on with the Braves. All right. With the Braves, uh, left you guys off last week. We had just finished a series with the Yankees. We were still on that road trip, and we we're about to open up a four, four-game series with the Brewers. Well, all we did that last weekend was we lost three out of four. So we kind of really just hit a rough stretch was really the bullpen and starting pitching. It was, it was kind of weird. Everybody was kind of just struggling at the same time. Kind of just one of those weird things that happens, I mean, pretty much for every team during the season. So we come back home. We had a two-game series with the Toronto Blue Jays. We split that, which again, in game one, the bullpen folded on that one. Gave up five runs in the seventh inning. So... My biggest takeaway, and I've been saying it pretty much all year, and now it's really just come to the forefront. We got to make a move at the trade deadline coming up. I know we talked about it last week. We got to get some help. We got to get some bullpen help, and I would like to get a starter as well. I know there's been reports that we offered for Manny Machado from the Orioles, the third baseman. Yeah, that's a a franchise turning move, but this guy, he might just be a rental. For the last two months of the season. Probably. Yeah. It, there's no guarantee he's going to resign. So you're going to give up all those prospects for this guy maybe two years or maybe two months. And then also with Manny Machado, if you put him in the lineup, he doesn't win your World Series. Now, he's going to make you a hell of a lot better, but I don't think he can win your World Series. Now, if we had great pitching, that can go a long way. But... Then again, I'm watching these Braves games and I get mad when they blow leads and make errors and the pitching is just issuing walks, wild pitches. I get mad and frustrated, but at the same time, I got to I gotta sit back and say it. Before the season, at this time, at the All-Star break, we were first in the NL East. We're tied with Philadelphia now. If we were first in the NL East... 10 games above 500, I would have been ecstatic. But now I, we've almost been spoiled because we know how good this team yeah, can play. We, yeah, the last couple of weeks have been kind of rough. So I do say, I do think Alex Anthopoulos, he's, he's got something brewing. I really believe so. I was listening to an interview with him the other day, and he said, the names you hear in the media, those are the ones most likely are not true where the stories have leaked or also people feed, feed this to the media as well to throw people, throw other teams off. He said, there's going to be moves and it's the names you haven't heard about. That's more likely going to move. So how do you see this, uh, this next series coming up against the D backs? D backs, they, they lead the NL West. They're one of the best teams in the national league. We got three games. I mean, I want to go two and one. I would love to go two and one. But I, I look at the Braves. I almost feel like they're just playing to get to the All Star break. Yeah, that's like, that's what it looks like, like. Let's just get to this week of rest. It, it looks like they're getting 
just tired. Like, yeah. you, like you talked about some of those minor mistakes, it looks like they're not, they're just not keyed in like they were those first couple of months. I agree. And one awesome note, I'm not sure if we talked about this last week or not, but we have four all-stars going to the game. Nick Markakis, his first all-star game, Freddie Freeman, Fulton Evich, our pitcher, which I think it should have been Sean Newcomb, but hey, the fans vote. And Ozzy Albies. That's solid. Four yeah. guys. And then uh Freeman's gonna do the home run. Yeah, I know. So that's crazy be, too. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah. That'll it gives me a reason to watch. I was about to say it'll probably be the first one I've I've watched in in quite a while. Probably since uh they had Mike and Mike announcing it. <laughs> there's not um there's not huge star power in this one. As far as star power, you I mean definitely Bryce Har- Harper's the biggest name. And then you got probably Freddie Freeman. A lot of the other guys are not as well known. Mike Trout, not in it. No, Mike Trout. Any big any big name in the MLB besides <laughs> Bryce Harper, he he isn't in it. Because you got to think, or like Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge. I mean, why wouldn't you do it? But then again, they say it's kind of a curse. Yeah, like, what's, you know, what's you Aaron, have a, what's you, Aaron Judge got to do? You have a Madden curse. You got the Sports Illustrated curse. What they say is in the home run derby. If you go in the home run derby, you struggle. In the second half of the season. I can kind of see it as far as when you're going out there, you have, you're changing your launch angle of your swing. You're, you're trying to hit home runs. That's it. So I could see where that could be a thing. Also, I mean, you're just, those pitches aren't real pitches coming at you. Yeah. They're, that's they're true. tosses. Yeah. I, I trust Freddie though. I trust him enough. I mean, he's a good hitter. I think he knows. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think he's going to do very good in the home run derby. Cause he's, he's yeah, more of a line drive. I, I don't see Freddie as like a knock it out the park yeah. multiple times in a row kind of guy. Same thing when Chipper went to his home run derby. He didn't do that great. Yeah, They're great hitters, but they're just not home run hitters. And that's fine. I'd rather him be a good in-game hitter than be able to get it to the, the third level in the stadium. I agree. So, so hopefully this weekend we uh, win that series, go 2-1, go into the All-Star break. Come out of the All-Star break, all refreshed, ready and, to go. And when's the All-Star break actually start? It starts next Monday. All so right. this coming Monday. This this weekend is our la- the last series of baseball before the All-Star break. And then we'll start back up next weekend. So hopefully, hopefully they get charged up and ready to go, and let's go win this National League East or even playoff, one of the playoff spots. Yeah, I'd love to get to the playoffs. Kind of repeating, like we said last week, they got to make a move, and uh, especially – I think with them kind of being back and forth last week, seeing how they go into this week, it'll just reinforce that they need to make a move. I think if they kind of went on a win streak here through this last series and then the series coming up, they might not be as as urgent. But I think it's kind of obvious they got to add something if they want to be competitive, especially now that we are officially tied with the Phillies. Whereas, I mean, this time last week we were were on top of them. Yeah, so... We, I mean, we've lost some ground in the last couple of weeks. We haven't played that great. Mm-hmm. But it happens. So, let's just get to the All-Star break and, and get these guys rested. And I know you don't sound too worried about it, but second half of the season, I mean, the Nats are five and a half games back. Yeah, I mean, it's a they're, long, they're it's gonna, a long season. <laughs> they're going to make a run, I'm telling you. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they still win the National League East. I, I, I won't. Yeah. Because they're supposed to win. And, like you said, they're only five and a half back. Because mm-hmm. I kind of, I always kind of think of more NBA style, where a lot of people say the season doesn't even start until after the All Star break. Yeah, and that's when the races heat up. That's when your teams, your good teams, really start dialing in their performance. So that's why I'm a little worried about going into the second half. Is have we been kind of riding high this first half with the Nationals again? It's weird. I'm still kind of skipping over the Phillies to the Nationals. Like, I, I am too. I, I still don't have trust in them. I mean, they have a great pitching staff, and that's what – look, if, if the Braves had a great pitching staff, just think where they could be. But if Phillies do, their offense isn't that great. But, yeah, I just keep overlooking them too. I'm like, it's the Phillies. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on now. So, we'll see what happens, but uh, hopefully we'll make a move, and hopefully going into this All-Star break we'll – I mean, it'd be nice if over these next three games we could at least – get a game up on the Phillies or, or something. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Well, that's what's going on with the Braves. Not not as uh, cheerful as we'd like it to be, but, hey, we're still tied for first 
in the NL East, so we'll take it. Now, moving on, I say we just go ahead and jump straight into this hangover of the week. All right. All right, so you want to explain what the hangover of the week is? Hangover of the week, if you guys don't know, well, now you're about to know. (laughs) But it's pretty much a story that we've been hearing a lot lately, and you know, like a hangover, you kind of, you wake up, you're just tired of it, you got to hydrate, got to drink some Pedialyte, just got to get rid of it. Well, these are the stories we like to bring up each week. We'll discuss one that we feel we're just tired of. We got to get rid of it. Ready for the sports sports world to retire it. Exactly. So trying to retire these stories. So with that being said, it's officially time for the hangover of the week. All right, so KK, I'm going to let you start off with this one. Tell these people, what is your hangover of the week? All right, so you know what I'm tired of. This is something that actually happened five years ago. The NCAA cracking down on no more NCAA football video games. What? (laughs) When this happened? Which you and me both agree, that was... One of the best sport games year after year. I don't know. You got the Maddens. You got the 2Ks. You got all those come out each year. Pretty much all you're paying for is updated rosters. I will say you converted me. Anybody who plays video games out there, I was a diehard Madden. Like I never, growing up, I never played an NCAA football game. I was all about Madden until you and me were living together in college. And you got me playing the NCAA game. And there was something about it. Just the movement of the players was a little different. Uh, like the camera angle was a little lower, made it feel more like you're in the game, had a better career mode. But I will say you got me converted onto NCAA. And it was unfortunately in like the last couple of years of its existence. Continue. Yeah. So what, it, what happened was a former college athlete brought up a lawsuit against the NCAA saying they had this video game. It represents these players. They got the same numbers, look the same, same pretty much attributes as far as ratings in the game, but they don't have the names, and we're not getting paid for it. Well, so the NCAA says, all right, well, we're just not going to have video game anymore. EA can't make it. Can't. There's no licensing. I know there's been talk about there's going to be a college game, but it's like random like names of schools and... I don't like. I don't want that. It'd like, be all fake. Yeah, it, like, it'd yeah. Made be, up schools, made up players. Fake. So, I just wish they they'd put that aside. Like, all you have to do, I feel like, for a college athlete, give them a free copy of the game and give them a play uh, a system, a game system. No, I feel like that's all you gotta do. Come on, man. You no, not for these business minded dudes. Well, you, you might have taken that, but if you're a dude knowing. The video game industry is a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, so the last copy was Denar Robinson, Michigan quarterback. He was on the on the cover five years ago. And that one sold 1.5 million copies. Well, it turns out you can still play this game because there are people out there that go through every single year and create the rosters of the team they do their research. They go down and check every single college that's on the game. They go through their roster. They add the names. They add the attributes. And all you got to do is update it, download that update on your game so you can get the full play, which I think is actually really, really cool. I didn't know that. I, I didn't either. I know when I used to play, I used to download the update to get the names. The real, yeah, the real names. Because yeah. for those of you who don't know, it, you would have like... QB number 10. Number 10, and it looked just like Tim Tebow or something. Well, he was number, what, five? I don't know. Well, I don't like, I don't like I don't Tebow. Know, Tebow. One of, you, one of your boys. I know you're a big <laughs> Tebow guy. Anyway, it'd have like qb number this and it looked just like the real player but they couldn't put their names and that's how they were getting around not like so yeah yeah, you used to go online you could download the current roster names but that was it but i just want to say ncaa like like chill the hell out like you guys have these too many sanctions it's a billion dollar industry you don't got to pay the players like give them something 
I remember I read a story a couple of years ago, a West Coast school, a softball player. She used a water hose to wash her, wash her car. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, used a water hose to wash her car. She got penalized for using free water as far as, like, giving. Because yeah. you, you can't give these athletes anything. You yeah. can't walk up and give them a, a chocolate chip the, cookie. The rules are stupid. Without, like, I remember there was a big one. It was, uh, like, according to the rules of what you can give them, what you can't, you could give them a bagel and it counted as a snack. But if you put cream cheese on it, it was a free meal and you couldn't. Give them that. It's crazy. Who's going to eat a bagel without cream cheese? You tell me that. <laughs> I don't like cream cheese, so I would. <laughs> I'll put butter on it. <laughs> but um, I understand what they're doing. They got to keep the game amateur. They got to keep that. But some of this stuff, man, they're yeah. just like really uptight. Well, it's funny. It doesn't directly tie in, but my, uh, my last call for today, going to touch on that just a little bit. Well... So my hangover of the week, I'm just tired of them NCAA always cracking down on this little stuff when they need to focus on bigger issues. So this short sweep to the point that bring back NCAA because like how you said earlier, the the dynasty modes and the as far as road to the Heisman, those were the best modes. Like there's they're so in depth. You can build a dynasty, you start a team, you do everything, you play the games, you even recruit. Recruit the players. And remember, back in college, we started the online dynasty. Yeah. So, me and our roommates, we would all had a team all in the same season and we'd pretty much play our own games. You recruit against each other. I mean, it it was awesome. So, bring it back. Figure out some way to give the players something, right? Mm-hmm. And that's your hangover of the week. Yep. All right. Well, uh, well let's go ahead and jump straight into mine going a completely different direction. Okay. My hangover of the week this week has to do with my beloved team and the Atlanta Hawks. So let me give you a little background. (laughs) I'm a huge Hawks fan. Love watching them every season. I will say this last season, I did not watch the Hawks because it was very well known that they were tanking to get a high draft pick and everybody knows they were tanking and I just I didn't want I'm not going to sit there and invest time in watching these games if I know they're they're trying to lose the majority of them to get a high draft pick so the tank kind of worked we still got a high draft pick we got a lottery pick and going into the draft everybody thought if we had the opportunity we were going to take Luka Doncic, Doncic, however you say it. The foreign. Yeah, the foreigner. (laughs) He's a European player. He's solid. He hasn't played against American talent. That's always the the knock against European players. But from everything I read, what I saw, he was supposed to be kind of a solid player no matter what. Like, you're not going to lose on him. He might not hit superstar status, but he also, he could hit superstar status. Kind of like a... Porzingis like he's always going to be good he might make that next level he might not but he is a very solid kind of player for your franchise and I see that's how Doncic was he was the best player in Europe so bringing him over Hawks drafted him I thought oh wow we we finally have a player that can help turn this franchise around I will admit maybe I hopped on the the Luka train a little too early but I thought (laughs) oh man this guy really might be the real deal Granted, we have some players already on the team, primarily John Collins as a young guy that I think can can really help this team going forward. But like I said, last year I just did not watch the Hawks that much because I knew they were trying to lose. So we drafted Luka, and I was excited. And then we immediately decided to trade him to the Mavericks for draft picks. And I thought, wow, what a typical Hawks move. And I know it wasn't just me because I was on the Hawks subreddit. I was looking on Twitter. People were blasting the Hawks Twitter because what we did was we traded this pretty solid European guy, the best European player, and he's young, traded him for draft picks. And with one of those draft picks, we got Trey Young. Well, actually, we traded Trey Young and draft picks, right? 
or was it just no. draft picks? You guys, we we got the draft picks and then got Trey Young with yeah, that draft. You got, so you got Dallas's first round next yeah. year and Trey Young. So I thought, oh my god, <laughs> we just traded a solid player for a tiny point guard that some people have said, oh, he could be the next Steph Curry because he knocks down long shots. You know who else knocked down a bunch of long shots? Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> Where is he at now? He, his ass is in China. I heard he's actually trying to make a comeback, but go ahead. I mean, play Chinese ball. Like <laughs> You still make some money over there. I'm not knocking him, but Jimmer Fredette is not in the NBA. So here we go. We traded a, a solid player for a very, very small point guard. Who, yeah, he was electrifying in college, all that, but he's known more for a shot, and people are looking for that next Steph Curry. I was not happy with the Hawks. Like I said, looking on Twitter, people were blasting the Hawks. I mean, Hawks fans were like, typical Hawks moves. What the hell are we doing? This is just like picking Marvin Williams <laughs> over like Chris Paul and stuff. So kind of the, the Atlanta curse, you know? Well, here we are. The summer league has been going on for for a couple weeks now. And I got to say this. First couple summer league games, Trey Young was abysmal. I mean, he was airballing. Looked like he didn't know what the hell to do on an NBA court. Looked like it was his first time playing. That he belonged back in college where he felt comfortable. And I thought, here we go. My hangover is for myself and all other Hawks fans this kid over the last couple weeks has really turned it around, and he's actually started having some really good games. Not just shooting-wise, but he's showing he's he can be kind of scrappy. He can get to the hole. The part I'm most impressed with just watching the highlights is his passing. He yeah. he has some really good passes. He finds the open man. He's, he's not just taking shots to take them. And then here just recently, he has finally started knocking down those really long Steph Curry-type shots that he was doing in college. So it looks like even just after a couple weeks, he's finally settling into his own. So now I'm on board. I'm not saying Trey Young's MVP or he's even necessarily the next Steph Curry, but I will say the Hawks GM is the ex-assistant GM for the Warriors. So if anybody can see that, it would be him. So I'm excited. I think it's time to finally get behind this young team of him, Prince, John Collins. I think it's going to be exciting, and I'm done crying about trading <laughs> away Luka. I was salty there for about a, a week or two. After watching some of this summer league and seeing him finally, Trey Young finally getting a little more comfortable, I'm on board. This upcoming season, I'm going to be watching the games just like I always have up until this last year because I know we're actually going to be trying to develop these players, not just tank for a draft pick. So I'm all in. I'm watching and Hawks fans out there, it's time to move on. Let's get behind this young kid. He obviously, I think he enjoys the city too. We saw him. He was at the Atlanta United game. I think he's embracing the city. I see on his Instagram. I mean, he he genuinely looks to enjoy being here. So, Trey Young, you got our sport over here at Ballers on Tap. <laughs> I'm going to watch the Hawks this year and be back to my kind of every other night sitting down for the game ways and I'm all in. So Luca, good luck with the Mavs. No hate, but I'm done being salty about that trade. Let's go Trey Young. <laughs> and that's my hangover of the week. So moving on from the hangover of the week, let's talk about the biggest event going on in the world right now. What is that? That is the World Cup. And now we have a finals. France and Croatia final this weekend, Sunday. This World Cup, man, is just is so entertaining. This is a weird one. It just keeps on. Yeah, it definitely is weird as far as. Well, France, I could see France being there. I said it at the beginning. I was like, they're one of the strongest teams. I could see them there. But Croatia, they're just a scrappy team. Like They just. It's not the prettiest at times, but they just get it done. No, and France, for being, yeah, you say they're one of the strongest teams, but there were other teams that had way more star power. Yeah, for, for sure. For like the casual fan like me, the casual American fan who's not watching, you know, 
European football. I'm just over here knowing the stars. There were other teams that had way more star power that did not make it. France, I get they're a strong team, but I don't I can't just off the top name the stars on their team. Yeah. Like I could for some of these other ones. But like I said, man, it just is just so fun to watch. This has been an entertaining one. Yeah, for for sure. And Croatia, they yeah, like I said, they're not the prettiest team. They don't. France is a lot more showboaty, like prettier goals. But Croatia is just kind of kind of uh, put their I guess cleats in the dirt and kind of just grind it out. And they're going to be there. And they I, have a solid defense. I think that's going to be fun. I'm I'm kind of naturally rooting for Croatia because I have been watching the last round, two rounds. I mean, I've been watching since group stage, but. Really seeing the like Croatia Russia game, and then uh, what was it against Croatia and was it Sweden when it went to PKs? They've gone to PKs and, the last three well, games. When the Croatian goalie blocked like two PKs. That, that the was, was the was, uh, was that Sweden? No, it wasn't Sweden. Switzerland. It was, um, yeah, I think it was Switzerland. Yeah, so yeah. Switzerland. So that's when I watched that, and I was like, man, this Croatian team like does not quit. And then even watching this last match against England, yeah, England got a they scored in the fourth Five, minute, yeah, and and it was nasty. It was as pretty as you could want. Uh-huh. It went right over the wall, sunk back down, went into the top of the goal, and I thought, oh god, Croatia <laughs> might finally be out. I mean, this is one of those where okay, they work harder, they're the scrappy team, but here they are playing against a class act. And to be honest, you start watching that game. And it looked like Croatia just out-hustled England. England looked tired. Croatia was running. They were attacking. Basically, that whole second half, it looked... I mean, England looked like they couldn't get a shot on goal. And Croatia was just looked like they were out for the kill. They looked like the hungrier team. And I I think that's fun to watch because you don't always get that in soccer. I, I hate to say it, but sometimes you don't have teams that are just constantly attacking, wanting to, to get that kill. And Croatia, man, they've been they've been fun. They're yeah, they're young and scrappy, but man, they have been fun. Yeah, that's one of the crazy things too. Croatia, yeah, they go down one nil in the fifth minute. They held England scoreless for 125 more minutes, or 115 more minutes because they went extra time. And how you said Croatia looked like the more fit team as far as pushing the ball more running England down. England looked kind of worn out. But Croatia, that was their third extra time game in a row. That's pretty crazy. They're digging down deep, and they're getting it done. But you said, too, I'm rooting for Croatia as well. Because it's easy to get behind the underdog. But also, if I'm a betting man, France just has too much talent. Yeah, but you could say about this last game, too. Croatia-England. I have a lot more confidence in France's talent than England's. I mean, you're probably right. Like, yeah. France is definitely the better team. But, man, Croatia is one of those teams that just looks like, like you just said, they can get down and they're going to keep throwing punches. And they're going to, at some point, they're going to catch you with one. And everybody's got a plan till till they get hit in the face. I think I saw this crazy stat, too, after the game. Croatia's population is 4.2 million. That's the same population as Oregon. The state of Oregon, yeah. 4.2 So you found this right now, This I guess you could say second best team in the world as far as they're in the final of the World Cup in the state of Oregon. You found that team in yeah. Oregon. I, I think that's pretty crazy. That is crazy. So I think it's the second smallest uh, country ever to go to a final as far as population. I would, I mean, yeah, I believe it. Mm-hmm. So congrats. Um, this is going to be fun. This, by the time this is out, we'll, we'll know who won and we'll be talking about it next week. But, uh, yeah, this World Cup, we said it last week, say it again, this has been an entertaining one. And uh, here we are going into the finals. KK says France is going to beat Croatia. I probably have to agree, but I am rooting for Croatia. So I, I'm rooting for Croatia, but I think France is going to win. All right. So <laughs> that's the... Because I want to see the underdog. You know, exactly. Everybody, exactly. Especially when you don't have a dog in the fight. I think everybody but France wants Croatia to win. Yeah. In the entire world. You're, you're probably right on that. So, 
that's our, our World Cup coverage hot take right there. France beats Croatia. Nobody else is going to say that. <laughs> so, going from World Cup, not as big as news as last week. Last week, we got to talk about NBA free agency with the big news of LeBron going to the Lakers. But uh, there's still some interesting stuff brewing here in this offseason. So, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into kind of the, the first Carmelo Anthony is gone from the Thunder. He's, I don't think he's officially he's not yet, officially but gone. But yeah, he's, he's gone. He's out. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he wants to be there. I don't think they want him to be there. Well, they want him to be there. They just want to pay him to be there. Well, they want him <laughs> to be on the bench. Yeah, and he doesn't want to be on the bench. And Which now, he needs to. if anybody's listened to our shows consistently, they know that I have said. He's holding the Thunder back. I said it last week when we were talking about their free agency and keeping Paul George. I said, well, they're never getting far having Carmelo Anthony on their team. I don't know why I'm such a big Carmelo hater, but I am. I don't like his style. I don't like how he plays. I think he's kind of lazy, and I think he's kind of entitled to being a superstar now at his age, and he's not. He's a wing shooter. He's a wing spot-up shooter. That's all he is. And in that case, I'd rather take Kyle Korver. Hot take. (laughs) So, going from that, the two front runners right now, what I heard are Houston Rockets are potentially interested in bringing Carmelo in, and the Miami Heat are interested in maybe bringing Carmelo in. Now, there's one big differential. If he goes to the Rockets... He will instantly be on a Western Conference contender. But they have stated they probably want him coming off of the bench. Now, does Carmelo do that? I don't think so. I think and his ego gets in the I way. I was about to say, I'm, I'm about to go in on this man. I think he's too stupid to do that. Here's a man who's never played for anything in his entire career. People say, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. And unfortunately, he probably will go to the Hall of Fame because he was just a great ISO scorer. But he, this is a man who's done nothing with his career. He came in in the class of Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, that 03 draft class, two greats, and people put him up there. To be honest, if he hadn't come in in that draft class, I don't think he'd be grouped with those two at all because all he, he was an efficient scorer for a little bit. That's, that's it. Those other two guys, that's greatness. Wade won in Miami. Before LeBron, Wade was a great competitor. LeBron, obviously, you think he's the goat, so there's something there. <laughs> Carmelo, he was a go- he was a good scorer for a while there. He was a good one-on-one player. I think this would be a great chance for him to go to Houston, join a contender, not ring chasing, not like oh I'm just gonna go here to get a ring, but go be on a a good team, come off the bench. They said come off the bench with Chris Paul and basically run the second squad and he could rack it up and that would add some serious depth to Houston. And who knows, you're in the Western Conference Finals again to a team that almost beat the Warriors without you. You got James Harden, the MVP. You've got great players and I think this would be an opportunity for him to finally be around some great players in Chris Paul and James Harden in a winning program but he's got to come off the bench. I think what's more realistic are the reports that Miami kind of wants him and he would not be coming off the bench. If he goes to Miami, he'd be a starter. He'll probably do that. Probably he'll probably go get a mansion in Miami, live the life, be a starter so he can still say he's a starter on an NBA team and not really do anything for his legacy, but he'll be living the life for a couple of years. I could cool. definitely, I could definitely see him going to Miami. Yeah. Now, but, now you got you you got a new report, right? You read something that I have not. Well, not about Melo. That was our, our, ne- our next subject. Oh, gotcha, Kawhi. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, Melo. Yeah, I think that that ego just gets in the way and it affects him. Now, I will say this: Melo, if he goes to Houston, he'll be under Mike D'Antoni. They've already played together. Mike D'Antoni was his coach in New York for a while there, and it didn't work out. And D'Antoni has stated that he left because of Carmelo. That being said, D'Antoni has adjusted his coaching style now with these Rockets. He used to not like the iso ball that much. 
He wanted he wanted quick basketball, but he didn't want just ISO. On this Rockets team, he lets them ISO a lot more. Of course, with James Harden, I mean that's all he does. So I think Mike D'Antoni has kind of changed his strategy a little bit, where he obviously thinks it would be a lot better fit with Melo the second time around than it was back in New York. How Melo feels about that, I don't know, but I don't know. I don't see him. I think it would be a great move for him to go to the Rockets to try to play for something because this man has never played for anything. Yeah. But it's not not him uh, just going to the Rockets. I don't see how Houston can afford him because he's owed $28 million this year, Carmelo is. And you're looking at the Rockets. The Rockets can't afford Clint Capella. Clint Capella wants four year hundred hundred million. Yeah, they're they're way off. I think I saw it was uh they're coming in at sixty million. Yeah, so and they're he about, want they're about forty million. Yeah, off. and he wants a hundred, so that ain't gonna happen. Which to be honest, I don't think he deserves a hundred, but No, he doesn't. But at the same time, if they lose Capella, that weakens that team a lot. Yeah, it does. And they like you said, they've already they've already lost Ariza. He's yeah. out of there. And he was their their best wing player. The reason why he wants hundred million because a couple years ago Steven Adams got a hundred million. And that's he kind of that's his kind of measuring measuring stick. Like he wants Steven Adams money. Um but yeah, so they're almost at a point where they're kinda choosing between Clint Capella and Carmelo. And if you can't afford Clint Capella at twenty five let's say twenty five million a year, four years for a hundred, and you can't afford Carmelo Carmelo's twenty eight. So now you're asking, Hey Carmelo, can you come off the bench? But also Take a little bit less money. I just don't see that happening. In, in a in a dream world, it would where like he would just go there. Yeah, because like, I think he should, but I think he's just going to end up back in the yeah. east. And here I am. I'm a Carmelo hater, and I'm saying go to the Rockets, help out your legacy a little bit, play for something in your career. This is not the same case as like Charles Barkley never winning a ring. Charles Barkley was a great and competed and was on some teams that got far. Melo's never done that. I mean. Melo's been that guy who's just kind of always been ha- happy to be in the NBA. Yeah, and that's I don't see that fight in him. No, that that drive to to try to be better because if he did have that, he would make these sacrifices. Yeah. So I don't know. So I see. I think it's more likely we're gonna start of the season. We're gonna see Melo. We're gonna see Miami Melo. And boy, once he's down in Miami, and those clubs don't close until <laughs> early morning. And he's actually got stuff to do because it's not Oklahoma City anymore. <laughs> Melo's going to put on a quick 30, 40 pounds. He's going to be struggling. Lala might ha- not be in the house. I can see Melo getting a little crazy in Miami. <laughs> so, good luck to him. I don't know how many years. I mean, he's already, to me, he's a bench player. I don't know how many years he's going to be relevant anymore. I think he could still be relevant as, I think he goes on the Rockets. He's like a sixth man of the year. Could be, yeah. but nah, he gonna go to Miami and just kind of fade off into the sunset. So that that's what I'm thinking about Melo. Now you go ahead and talk about our about our next guy. Yeah, our next guy, Kawhi Leonard. The hell is he doing? Yeah, where's he gonna go? He wanted to go to the Lakers. Well, then LeBron's there, so now I I mean I want to go to Los Angeles. Well, I want to go to the Clippers. Well, now I saw reports today. Supposedly, the Toronto Raptors are the front runners to land Kawhi. Now, who knows what kind of deal or package that Toronto's put together to offer San Antonio. I'm assuming it has to be either DeMar or Lowry. It's would, got it. It's got to include would, one of them. Would you do both? No, I wouldn't do both. Because I would keep DeMar. Because Spurs, Spurs are not, like, let's get it straight. The Spurs do not want to get rid of Kawhi. They want no. to keep him there. That's why their asking price and is so high. That's the whole deal with the Lakers is all the talks where the Spurs gave the Lakers a, a deal. They said, if you give us this, 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 and this, you can have Kawhi. But they were basically asking for all of the Lakers' young players, kind of knowing they wouldn't go for it, but basically asking for the whole kitchen. Yep. I think the same thing would happen with Toronto. I don't think they're just going to take one of those players and like a couple of draft picks and somebody – I think they would probably ask for two B All Stars, which for, and Lowry. Yeah, for <laughs> Kawhi. 
Yeah, I, I I could see the Spurs asking that, saying, "Well, if they take it, awesome. We just got DeRozan and Lowry, and then if Toronto doesn't take it, they say, okay, okay like we're not really trying to get rid of Kawhi anyway." Well, I and I understand that, and you're almost they're almost at a point where kind of being petty, like making the asking price so high. So, oh man, Kawhi, we can't trade you. Like, can't get no deal. But at the same time, you're going to lose him next year. You're going to lose He's him going next to leave. year. So you you want to make sure you do get something in return for that. And, but I touched on this last week. There's talks of him sitting all season this year. I could see that getting way uglier than just basketball. I could see some kind of legal ramification from that because this man signed a contract. Oh, yeah, and, I'm, to, and I'm sure the team would win that. Like, the NBA is not going to want that to become a trend of, oh, a player doesn't want to play, he's just going to sit out a year. No, this isn't college football, you know? I mean, this is, you're getting paid for this. So, I don't know what's going to happen, but I I think it'd be interesting for him in Toronto. I just don't see it happening. I think that's such a hard turn from, oh, I want to be in L.A., I want to be in L.A. You know if I had to think of a place that's the exact opposite of LA of 70, 80 degrees year round on the coast, <laughs> nice and sunny Toronto, <laughs> Toronto in the winter. I mean, you, you've seen like we, the North and you, you see the fans outside <laughs> in the winter. They're yeah, wearing like they're, five layers yeah. and it's snowing. I don't see this man's been in Texas in California. Like I don't see him wanting to go play in Toronto. Well, see, that's the thing too. He didn't have a say in the trade. So he, he can get traded anywhere. And if you're a team offering, is he going to play for you? Because he can easily get traded. So, oh, guys, we got Kawhi. I, to be and honest, he can sit out. I, I know that was one of the big things with the Celtics. Yeah. While Boston was in the running, but Danny Ainge wasn't sure if Kawhi would play for them. I think it. I don't think he'd get as much money. I think if he got traded somewhere else, because he, he has said, too, he just does not want to be a spur, period. So I think if he got traded anywhere else, he would probably at least play the year to – show hey i am playing i am healthy because that's a big concern with a lot yeah. of teams is okay he's saying he's not healthy the doctors are saying he is healthy i think if he's anywhere other than the spurs he at least plays the year in order to get that contract next next summer in free agency how did this is a weird situation it's man. the weird this is i don't i don't remember anything like the the most emotionalist guy in the NBA, and now he's being the biggest. And now, promo. now he's being the biggest baby. Yeah, he doesn't need to grow up. Like, I mean, players want to get. And why, all, the time. why all of a sudden, like, I, like why all of a sudden you hate San Antonio? Uh, yeah, that's like, what's it was weird. just. I mean, all of a sudden, I know some parts of it is Coach Pop kind of sent Tony Parker out to say, "Well, I yeah. had the same injury and I healed up," and like basically, Coach Pop sent that message through Tony Parker. And Kawhi felt slighted by that, but to be like, I will not even play for these guys. I don't know something else. I think in the years coming, something else is going to yeah, come something out. Will come out because yeah, this guy is just he's dead set on not being a spur. So hey, come to Atlanta, we'll take you. Yeah, so, and then next year Atlanta signs Clay Thompson one on one trade Dennis Schroeder for uh, Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, one on one. Oh yeah, take uh, Kent Bazemore in his big contract. Kent Kent and Schroeder for Kawhi. I oh, I, I did hear uh, today too. Supposedly, one of the deals that Atlanta Atlanta offered Cleveland on draft night was Kent Bazemore. I believe their, it. Yeah, they offered them Kent Bazemore for their eighth eighth pick. I believe it. And don't get me twisted. I love Kent Bazemore as like a guy representing <laughs> Atlanta, and like he is like seems like just one of the really stand up good guys in the league. But yeah, his production has fallen off. So you got that big contract, man. I think, and again, we're kind of going off the rails here. I think when you're talking about Atlanta, though, the biggest question marks with Dennis Schroeder. He hasn't, he's a point guard. He hasn't quite developed into what we thought he'd be. He's still good enough to play, man. It's just like with Teague, like Teague was kind of that mid-level, like he can play point guard in the NBA. He's not going to knock down a whole bunch of shots for you. He's not really commanding, but he can run the ball. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's kind of just like this, meh kind of guy and that's kind of what Schroeder's <laughs> become he's not he hasn't developed well, that well hopefully they got their future Trey Young yeah so, so. alright and really right now that's that's all we got for free agency so yeah it came out with a big punch 
And now it's kind of dying off. It's kind of dying down. And a big part of that is there's only so much money moving around in the league. Yeah. And these guys that got signed up quickly, other than Marcus Cousins, it was all big money. So now there's only so much money that can yeah. still go now around. Now the teams have to strategize, really. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's close this thing out. Let's go ahead and just jump into it is time for last call. All right, so last call. This is just a story that uh could be sports related, could could not be something to kind of close out the show. And this is a story that I just saw, um, I believe yesterday. It's kind of been the talks for the last couple of years, but reports are that the NBA is finally ready to look into eliminating the one year in college rule. There's been some talks about it here over the last couple of years that it's not really needed. I think Adam Silver has kind of hinted that he's not married to the idea of having one year in college, but, uh, the reports are now that the NBA is kind of finally serious to start looking into some kind of options. So I kind of just want to talk about, is it good? Is it not the importance of the NCAA? Now I'm going to go ahead and fire off, but then I want to hear what you guys say about it. Cause I know you're, you're much more of a NCAA guy than I am. <laughs> now I used to, when this rule first came into effect, kind of right after the LeBron LeBron came in and everything, I kind of thought, okay, this is a good rule. Because to be honest, back after the Jordan era, kind of late 90s, early 2000s, you had a bunch of guys coming straight from high school that really did not belong in the NBA and ended up being bust, like Kwame Brown. You had, you had your, your success stories like uh, Tracy McGrady, Kevin Garnett, obviously LeBron. But you had a lot more guys that were not ready for the league. And I think it showed it really diminished the quality of play in the league. Because you had these these guys coming in that just weren't ready for it. And teams were, if you're drafting a 19-year-old, you want to put them out there, put them on the court, and they're supposed to be a franchise player. So a lot of guys were just not working out. And I thought, okay, this is good. Send them to college for a year. Let them get a little coached up. Here we are, like, 15 years later, and now I'm thinking the opposite. I think the NCAA quality has dropped off so bad with guys just doing the one and done. Again, kind of the same thing. Yeah, there's some success stories, but I think there's some guys who you see that, man, they either really needed one more year in college, or there are some guys who it's like, man, they could have just came straight out of high school, like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons didn't do anything at LSU. He, You can tell he hated it there. He didn't want to be there. He was only there because he had to. You got some guys that go to Europe, like Brandon Jennings, that, all right, I'm just going to go play in Europe for a year, come back. Uh, your boy, Ball, that got uh, kicked out of UCLA. Nah, my boy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he didn't get drafted anyway. But I'm saying, like, you have players that go to Europe for a year, come back. But the rule is you got to be out of high school for a year. I think the NCAA has diminished to this point that there's really no point of it just being a year, especially with some of the scandals that are going on. Because we just talked about how ridiculous some of these sanctions are with the NCAA. It's so hypocritical because then you look at these scandals that go on. You got the UNC basketball team, that big scandal of them coming out. They weren't taking real classes. They were having tutors write their papers. They were getting fake grades for fake classes basically just making stuff up so these guys could be on the basketball team was is that really worth a year in college or you have stuff like the louisville scandal where you've got apparently the program promoting like prostitutes in dorms on recruit visits like the ncaa has gotten so corrupt and so kind of just useless especially on the basketball side that i don't think that one year of oh college basketball is really growing these players like it used to. I think it needs to go more kind of like a baseball route. Not necessarily a minor league. I'm saying a allow the players to be drafted out of 
high school. If they can't get drafted out of high school, then two years in NCAA and then come out. And I know it's not a perfect system because you're going to have guys that are still ready after a year. And I know it's not good because the whole argument has been colleges can't really recruit because these kids don't know if they're going to declare for the draft. And then it's like, okay, do you spend your time recruiting this player and visiting him and bringing him into the campus? And then he declares for the draft and you wasted all that time. So I don't have the logistics of it all figured out. I'm not a genius. Obviously these guys aren't either. It would have been figured out a while ago, but I do not think that one year in college is necessary anymore. I think there are certain guys that can come out of the league. I think the league has learned from that, those early 2000 era, not to just take every guy that looks good, but there was a while there. It's just, Oh man, this guy like Sebastian Telfair. I remember I used to watch this documentary on him and it's like, Oh man, he is like the point guard of the future never panned out. So I think the league has matured a little bit. And I think the NCAA has diminished quite a bit. Um, so I think it's time. Yeah. NBA, that would be amazing to say, okay, we're opening it back up to to high school players. And I think, like I said, the league has smartened up enough. They're not just going to take every hot player that did well in the AAU tournament. I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, I don't have a problem with them getting rid of it, just coming out of high school. But it's gonna I mean it's gonna affect the college game because you're gonna lose a lot of the players you'll at least get one year. But it's also gonna affect these athletes who think they can make it in the NBA and not. And Which, but then again, that's on them. And that's they what chose. I'm saying. I think the league for a while there was drafting those players that thought they can make it. I think the league has wised up. And I will say the G League this year, I feel like, just boomed. Like, all of a sudden, the G League was a very legitimate development league, way better than the D League that they pushed on us for years and years. So, it, yeah. So, having to go to school for one year, how you how you said Ben Simmons, like, you're just there for one year. Like, like whatever. All you got to really do is worry about one semester of classes. That's all you got to worry about. That, that fall semester, basketball season in college starts Thanksgiving. So you make it through that first semester, you don't even have to go to class spring semester. If you know you're going to the NBA, you really don't. Because you're playing through your basketball season. As soon as your season over, it's like, hey, deuces, I'm going to the NBA draft. You withdraw from high, you drop out of college, start training for the NBA. So what do you... You're not getting anything out of the players. They're not... Because you can't make one year, you don't learn anything in one year. No. As far as, well, we want to, I don't know why the rule was even placed. Was it because? I think it was because the NCAA was getting hurt. Like the yeah. game diminished. I mean, I think the game diminished because, okay, well, you're taking this great talent. No, they got to come into college now. But then, like I said, you look at the college game, this one and done stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. And I mean, like, some teams have had success with it. I mean, like even Coach K at Duke has adopted some one-and-done players, and obviously Kentucky's like the king of the one-and-done. But then I just think the NCAA as a whole, and this goes back to how we were talking about the bagel and cream cheese or the water incident. Like the NCAA as a whole is such a messed-up organization. And when I talk about these scandals like at Louisville and UNC, it's like, okay, is this really for player development or is it because you need some money in March Madness? Yeah, and I don't think it has anything to do with player development. Nothing at all. You can't tell me from high school senior to college freshman in that first college season, you've just, like, it all, all of a sudden clicked. Like, you either have it or you don't. I mean, yeah. Because I'm almost, almost at the point... That's what I'm saying. If it, you're going to make it mandatory, make it two or three years. Yeah, exactly. Two or three years. You can really develop into Then you can develop. But one year, yeah, at that point, like you said, you could have gone straight out of high school. Because you, you look at football. Now, I know that's a whole up, another animal. You can't have these 18-year-old bodies going to no. the NFL. But you have these two-star... and said these two-star two recruits, right? Recruits you never heard of. They probably have to walk onto a team or go to a really small school. 
they have a great four years, and now all of a sudden, they're big draft prospects getting drafted in the top ten. Like your boy, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. He's walked on twice. Didn't get the recruits. But, I mean, and also in the, uh, these call, these high school recruits, you do have some of these prospects like, yeah, he's a future NFL first rounder. Like, yeah. he has a body type, blah, like, blah, blah. Like Kim Dietschy. Like, yeah. you knew. You, like, that you dude's going to be on the line somewhere. You, yeah, you just have some of those players. So, I, I'm at the point, yeah, if you are going to enforce it, you need to make it like two or three years. Because not only... Now, I know this is the student's choice, too. But you're also helping them out in the long run if they go to the NBA, let's say after two years. Well, you get half your degree done. If you want to, try to go to college again. Yeah. So, I think the biggest answer, because the thing that kind of trips me up is, okay, what if a guy's in the league for or in the NCAA for one year and then he's kind of ready to go? I think you leave the G League open to anybody, right? So, say you go to college for a year. One, it's just not for you. It's not working out. Like a, a guy kind of like Ben Simmons, but you're not quite ready for the league. Then it's, all right, go work out for a bunch of teams. See if anybody will take you on their G League. Then at that point, it's kind of like the minors in baseball where, okay, can you make a name for yourself playing a season on that G League team? And then they can call you up. I can see that. Yeah. I, I think that's actually a, it's a pretty good idea. As far as, because yeah, it is the G League, but it's still NBA players, exactly. NBA caliber players, somewhat. So you kind of put them in there and see how how do they do? It's like, yeah, you should have went to college, yeah. or it's like, yeah, you, and at that you point, might be ready. You're not just playing against other young guys; you're playing against guys who might be in the G League a few years, and they're just waiting for that team to maybe call them up or get them on waivers. And then you're you're playing against some other other talent that everybody there has the same goal of getting into the league. Yeah, like what was was it this year Lakers had that guy like the last week of the season scored his first NBA point. Yeah. He's been in the G League for like seven years. It might have been last year. I think it I was forget. last year. But he scored his first NBA point and yeah. he had been in the G League for seven years. Exactly. So now that's definitely a stretch yeah. as far as if you're there down there that long, you kinda you should hang it up. But I don't know. It's a touchy subject. But is it is it on the NBA or is it on NCAA? See, that's my thing. I feel like with this whole one-and-done rule, I feel like the NBA bent over and kind of catered to the to NCAA. I think with Adam Silver now looking at it, and like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with just how inefficient the NCAA has become. That I think Adam Silver is kind of looking at it as, okay, it's not benefiting us at all. Like I think they made more of a gentleman's handshake okay, this helps you out. We'll take the guys a year later. This helps the NCAA out immensely. I think they've gotten to the point where they've kind of seen that doesn't do us any good at all. And now, to be honest, the G League, again, it used to be the D League. Now it's the G League. Like they yeah. rebranded it. It's a better developmental league than it was, say, in 2000. Like, that was not a, a thing, and it wasn't very legitimate. Now, I mean, yeah, you have some guys who – can seriously go down there and make a name for themselves. I forget his name, but uh, the the one guy that was on the Spurs the other year, and he was like a key yeah. player on the Spurs. Yeah, I know who you're talking and about. He came. He came from that from their G League system. Yeah. So I think he ended up getting a pretty good contract. He got a contract. I think with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It was not with the else. Spurs, but uh, I, I kind of think that's the that's the answer. Is forget this. If you don't get drafted, then you can go in the G League. I think. It is a little bit of a gamble on the player's part. They need to make it to where, I don't know. Do you think they need to make it to where if you can't get drafted, you can still commit to a college? I feel well, like I feel like at that point you're just holding up the college and the NBA. Yeah, so you're kind of, well, let me see if I get drafted, then then I'll commit. Exactly. But also, because you can do that now. You can, you can declare for the draft, NBA draft, but if you don't hire an agent and you don't go drafted, you can come back to the school. Well, a lot of times, if you don't hire an agent, you're not getting those workouts. You're not getting in front of the teams. Yeah. So if you hire, if you hire agent agent, you're automatically like you're done with college. Exactly. So but if if Silver decided like right now, no more one and done. 
NCAA can't do nothing about it. That's, that's an NBA. That's rule. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, NCAA has no say. I'm kind of all about free market. And if the NBA is putting together a better product, if their G League is a better option for these guys, who says they have to go to school? You or me looking for a job, if I wanted to go straight into some kind of work out of high school, I could have at least tried. I might not have gotten hired for what I was looking for because I didn't have the accreditation or whatever. But if I wanted any kind of job, I could at least try straight out of high school. And there's plenty of good jobs without going to college. It's kind of the same thing. These guys, if they want to go give it their shot to try to make it in a professional league, why do they have to go enroll at school? I mean, like I mean, baseball players don't have to do that. Like I said, NFL, it kind of makes sense because an 18-year-old's body just isn't ready. I mean, look at a guy like Zion Williamson. Now, wouldn't he have been fun to watch this year in the NBA? Yeah, like that guy. He, I mean, as far as, yeah, I know you had Andrew Wiggins a couple years ago. But as far as so much hype as a high school player, yeah, like LeBron did. We all knew who LeBron was before he got drafted. Like, we just knew who he yeah, was. Yeah, so there's guys out there, and I think, yeah, I think it's free market. If NBA has a better system for him to go into after high school, if they don't get drafted, but they can get signed to a G League team for 50K a year, Go do it. Like, why do they have to go to college? And then if you want to go to college, all right, but you're going to commit to at least two years. Yeah. Like, you're going to get your associates, you know? Not necessarily, but you're going to go yeah. to school for two years and kind of develop within that program and then see what happens. So, I don't know. That's my last call is I'm kind of glad to see the NBA is finally starting to make some headway into this eliminating the one-and-done rule and – like I said, this is it, there have been talks about it, but this is the first report I've seen where they're kind of finally ready to make a move. Now it's not going to be, who knows? It may not be for even next year. Like it might be something where they have to make the agreement with the NCAA for a future date. But NBA, hats off to you. Let's get rid of this one and done rule. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm just not a fan of NCAA basketball with kind of the corruption that goes on. So that's my last call. This is the show. I'm the host, EK. It's KK. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Ballers on Tap and subscribe to the podcast on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast app. Ballers on Tap. You know the name. Follow us on Stitcher for the Android users. You can get our podcast there. Ballers on Tap. <laughs> Ballersontap.com. You can find us there as well if you're just at the computer at work trying to, you know, pass the time. And uh, with that being said, any last words? Speak now, forever hold your peace. Uh, I'm done. Forever hold my peace. <laughs> He's forever holding his peace. All right, we're out of here. This has been Ballers on Tap. <laughs>